Welcome to the Effective Data Scientist Podcast. The podcast is designed to help you improve your skills, stay focused, manage successful projects, and have fun at work. Be an effective data scientist now. Today we are talking again about emails, like in the last episode. In the last episode, we talked a lot about managing emails. And in this episode, we will actually more focus on writing good emails. And I'm, as usual, together with my co-host, Benjamin Pieska. Hi, Benjamin. Hello, Alexander. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, let's see what we talk about today. I mean, as you said, writing emails. So last time I, I asked you the question of how many emails do you receive? But the question now is, how many emails do you write per day? I actually have no clue. <laughs> Probably far too many. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm trying to very often think twice before I send an email and ask myself, uh, whether sending this email is actually the best and smartest way to get the communication across. So you mean that you would consider other options like picking up the phone or, or chatting or just yeah. walk over to meet the person or something? Yeah. So, so there's so many different communication channels. And I think sometimes we are so much in the habit of writing and, and reading emails that we forget about these other channels. And. Sometimes, you know, things is not that urgent and you can just put it on a list of an upcoming meeting to address there. Or you can, you know, you just want a quick info to move forward. And then maybe a chat is a better option to get things done. No, I, no, I understand. But, but people tend to, and, and including myself, I think, you know, when, when email was getting more and more important, I think I reduced the time that I spent on the phone, not, not on the teleconferences, but on the, on the phone, just to pick up the phone to talk to people and really communicate or ask questions or give answers or that's, that's really the, what, what I realized once in a while that, that the email, I, I spent far more time on emails automatically instead of picking up the phone. Yes, yes, because it's it's also sometimes I think it's the it's very easy to get rid of something. To just, you know, to not worry about a certain topic and to tick the box off. And that may maybe kind of have a short relief in terms of the burden, but not really help with the overall burden over a longer period of time. What what I what I also think is that email is quite you know as as we talked about managing emails incoming emails, you know you can't manage an incoming call in terms of you know if you receive the call you either take the call or not, but this is not managing this is just a yes no question and and then therefore I think what what I realize is that if I get a call it's usually not the right you know it it disrupts your work. It, it, it's it's as you know as when you're in a supermarket and just you know at the end you know we just put on everything on the you know you don't have both hands are not free and you get <laughs> the phone call on your mobile for whatever for, that's the typical situation i think if you get a call uh, calls that's why i prefer to write emails because i think that people are busy with their work their things to do and that's why they 
they would be surprised and they wouldn't fit in their, you know, in the time schedule or in the situation itself currently to pick up the phone because I'm calling. So I think this is my, at least my reason why I prefer to write emails instead of picking up the phone. Yeah. So I have, for example, with my direct reports, weekly one-to-ones, as I think everybody should have that. And very often topics are not that urgent that they need to be resolved within a day or two. And it's completely fine to resolve them at the next upcoming meeting. And that is not interfering. The other option is kind of sometimes to I contact people quickly via chat and say, do you have five minutes? Of course, that's a little bit distracting, but it's something in the middle of directly and calling somebody. You or not. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And through the chat functions, you very often can see whether people are, for example, in a different meeting or, you know, are set on do not disturb or things like this. So from that end, you, you get a little bit of a feeling of whether it's okay to contact people. But anyway, we are talking about writing emails, not to not write emails. So that's why <laughs> going back. So what what is the most important thing for you to if you write an email? So what what would you put on your the highest priority to to you know to to be aware of or to to consider when you write an email? I think the overall most important way is to have in mind that you want to write the email in the most effective way as possible so that it solves the problem at hand very effectively for you as well as for all the others. So I mean um, that, that you have a clear writing, clear options or clear questions or whatever. Yeah, I think the first is you need to be clear in your mind what you want to achieve with this email. I think that's the first most important thing. If you just go into this email like, blah, 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 yeah, what I do I want to need? And you write and write and write and, and kind of, you know, you don't know what you actually want to achieve. Then very often these emails become very fuzzy and mm, confusing. Yeah. Confusing and probably more distracting and not helping to, to move along. So no, it's, it's a good point. Yeah. Have a clear goal so, with the email. Yeah, and and then kind of, I think it's important to structure things uh, in the right way. Okay, so when when you write emails, what are actually the most important points for you to consider? So, what is the the most important thing you would like to pass on to to our listeners? So, I think the most important point when you are already clear in your mind that you go through the different points of the email in a structured way. And that starts with actually the recipient list. Who goes onto the to list? Who goes onto the CC list? And to have that clear in your mind is have a good balance between where you put the people and don't put too many people on it. Why do you think it's important to really this? I mean, you say that, that people tend to write emails and regardless of you, you know, if you're on the tool list or CC list, you know, there's an action point for you. So if you don't read it, that doesn't matter. What is, yeah. So, so I think it's, <laughs> that's bad style. If you just ignore it, that there's a difference between two and CC. It's if I, 
because there's people like you that filter by that and then you don't get the thing across that there's actually an action item. So CC should be for your information and not you have all the to-dos here. So that's, that's a clear thing. The other point is I strongly recommend to not use BCC because usually it's abused. I think there's really only very, very rare cases where, where it uh, makes sense to use BCC when you, for example, write to a huge audience and you don't want to have all the emails visible of your complete, let's say, newsletter in there. Mm. And you want to keep this, this distribution list itself more blinded, then I think it makes sense. Yeah. If you expect that people don't know the difference between reply and reply all, then it might also be <laughs> helpful to have BCC in use. <laughs> yeah, but usually BCC is very often it's used, in, used in a way that it's misused. It's usually misused. And so, so that's, if you need to use BCCs, then usually there's something awkward going on. I think the next point is to write brief and to the point. Do you know the story about someone that wrote a letter and at the end wrote, sorry, I didn't have time to write a short letter, so I wrote a long letter? <laughs> of course, it puts more burden on the writer to kind of clearly make the point and structure the email correctly. And really, I, I don't know how you feel about emails, but I want to get emails that are short and concise. And if there's a need for a lot of text, I would prefer to have that in a, in a separate document, an attachment or something like this. Well, I like emails where it's quite clear what, you know, the, the message of the email itself is. So I, that's what I try to, you know, especially require from, from people that I'm working with is that they, you know, don't give me the whole story. I mean, if they're working on a project and they're, they have like months or even years of background to, to this one question, <laughs> I don't want to see this in the email, please, because I would like to have really like a, a question and the relevant information to that. And if it's long information, then it's a phone call, please, or some, you know, some, as I said, a document. But I, in, in general, I prefer to have the email itself and not the attachment. Because attachment is then, you know, we, you can, you can store the attachment somewhere, but it might be easier for, for email communication. For example, if you reply, if you forward the email, the attachment is attached. If you reply, it, it's gone. So the information is there missing if there's a communication afterwards. So therefore, I do prefer to have it in the email itself and um, not using attachments for this. Yeah. Well, the other, of course, usually even better option is instead of attaching the document itself is to have a link to the document in the email. And uh, yes, but this again yeah. is not searchable. So if you use the information, for example, when you, when we say we manage, you know, managing the emails and putting it in a folder and using a search function of the, of the email program, you can't search in the, linked document in the, in the link. there's also disadvantages to this and yeah no i i do yeah then i prefer attachments <laughs> yeah but but also with the link of course what's easier is kind of version control mm. there 
So you don't end up with lots of different yeah. versions of the same document. So, yeah, but, but I think being conscious about it, that is, I think, the, the most important thing and, and being clear why to do these things. In terms of actually the shortness, what is really important there is to have to clearly set the frame. And for me, I think this already starts with a clear subject line that sets the frame where you are going to. So I don't want to get, you know, these subject lines that says our paper. And I think, well, I'm working on dozens of paper. Which paper is that referred to? <laughs> or, or even, even worse, you get a reply to an older email trail with a complete different subject in it. And so, so you see the subject and it's completely disconnected to, to the, to the email mm. itself. No, that's um, true. I fully agree. I think you start writing the email with a subject line. And, uh, but then what, what do you, I mean, saying that there are short emails and so, but how do you, do you like, greet people so how much of politeness do you put in the email long you know have a nice weekend and stay care and you know just skip so for me email maybe i'm in that way a little bit old-fashioned but for me this is also a letter and it's, it's of course it's not kind of as formal as a you know paper letter that you get but it's also more formal than you know if you're using a chat function mm. So I think there's a distinction between these kind of things. And I think it's also about personal branding. What's your personal branding? There's also cultural differences in terms of setting the tone. And I think there's probably usually better to on the side of being a little bit more formal and at least have something like, Hi, Benjamin, and at the beginning or something like ciao or bye, goodbye at the end, because that just belongs to a, to a nice, to a nice letter. Also kind of it directly sets a tone in which direction it goes. So especially for emails that are to a lot of people and there's just hi, Benjamin at the top, then you directly see, okay, this is for Benjamin and I'm just CC. Mm. I think there, there's lots of different things in it, but, but I think it's also, I don't know if I get these emails where say people just directly go into writing me something to be honest, I find that disrespectful. Yeah. yeah I think what I, what I like is, you know, if people really write the greetings and not put it as a signature, for example, so that people sometimes have their signature uh, at the bottom of the email and then above the signature also in the color of the signature. So the euros sincerely or greetings or so like one of these um, things where you see just, okay, they're just writing the email and everything else is, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice, but it's impersonal. It's in a way. So anyway, you have to, I think what is important is really to, to just keep in mind that there's, you know, the, 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 the reader of the email recognizes, you know, different colors and recognizes different fonts and, and sees whether this is a standard answer. So I've seen emails that is going to a team. You know, where, where you talk to somebody, yeah. you know, external, for example, you know, people that they never meet, never met before. So it's, it's really important to be clear or to, to, to remember 
who you're writing the email to and, and then formulate the, the greeting and the end of the email. Yeah. It, it's sometimes it's a first impression Absolutely. that you give to someone. Mm. So, and I think it's also sets a tone, the complete com conversation. And I think taking care of the tone and being, being aware of the tone of your email is, is very, yes, very important. Yes. And especially, you know, don't, don't use it to, you know, to set, you know, to, to shout at someone or to, to criticize someone. I mean, sometimes people are really writing back in red letters and capital letters and, you know, they, so they, you can just, you know, reading the email, you can just imagine them being furious at the other end of the, uh, you know, at the desk. And that's, that's not for emails. I mean, then if you, if you want to shout at somebody, shout at somebody, but not writing in emails. This is, yeah. So, well, I have done that. I have done that. I commit. I, I really done that. At the beginning of my career, I've wrote back in anger and, and that was not no. well received, <laughs> but well documented. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, <laughs> well documented and completely fired back on me. My, my supervisor could understand the situation, but of course, He couldn't approve it. You know, this is just not, not acceptable. something that you should do. So it's just not acceptable. And yeah, I got the feedback that I'm writing disturbing emails, <laughs> which was really, I took as a learning. Yeah. It's, it's much better if you sleep over it. And don't directly that's a, reply. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's uh, a good point to sleep over it or at least, you know, do something else, get a coffee in between and then reread your email before sending it out. Because I mean, sometimes it's important to reply in anger because it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's because <laughs> it's needed at some point, but, but really careful and reread it before sending yeah. it. Yeah, always another thing that I uh, sometimes do is I send the draft email to a colleague yep. or, or to my supervisor and let him check whether my tone <laughs> is okay or not. Just because sometimes you're so much kind of caught in your emotions. That's yes. really, really difficult to distinguish. And also, I think there's a big yeah. cultural difference. I mean, we both are Germans, so I think Germans are quite direct in their in the way of communicating, and that may or may not be well received at the other end uh, of, of the continent or even, you know <laughs> another continent. So this is this is also you know be be careful and and just remember who you're writing to, and so there are real differences in in cultures and in how how people react or understand what you're writing and even especially then if it might be that you know there are also like language barriers sometimes that you know if you're not speaking in your mother tongue it might be also tricky to communicate this precisely in the mood that you you're you plan to to communicate it and then you wonder why it's coming back it's boomerang so yeah well I once wanted to write also early in my career that I didn't understand something. And instead of writing, I'm confused. I literally translated a German word and wrote, I'm irritated. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. This is learned. What a backfire. <laughs> so, but yeah, so, but this is kind of, Also, maybe to t take into account if you get an 
email in English from a non-native speaker, sometimes it's worthwhile to just double check whether that was really the, the intended uh, communication or whether it was just a, yeah, language problem. Yeah. What, what else do you use often? Like, you know, the flags like high importance, low importance uh, or priority, or is this something that you would recommend to use? I don't use that very much actually. So, so these flags, I'm not even sure whether they are consistent across all the different email systems. So I don't use that. I, I think what I can understand is if there's clear words in the subject line, like, you know, capital letters urgent or capital letters action needed immediately or things like this. Also, I think kind of these, you sh just shouldn't send super urgent emails because you can't expect that they are read really, really fast. <laughs> so, but in terms of flags, I think, you know, words are much better kind of capture that. And some people overuse these flags anyway. And then, you know, if all your emails are yeah. flagged, then none is really important. <laughs> I mean, I think we don't have to mention that, that you shouldn't use, you know, f use your email system, especially at work to, you know, pass on any newsletter or, uh, you know, spam or funny videos you know it's this is i mean not not only that's usually forbidden at the company you know this is just making not a very good ex impression and of, of of yourself and and it doesn't doesn't help your colleagues yeah and managing their yeah and especially you know these kind of humor emails sometimes can be quite borderline and they can also, depending on the culture, be even, you know, completely inappropriate and can be easily misunderstood. So I would always kind of... Yeah, that's yeah, something you can do on these private accounts if you like. Yeah, yeah. And that's just not the, the right thing for, for, for business. So it, it, similar with the kind of flagging, I think is this reply to all being really careful with that and not overuse it and especially don't use it to, yep. you know, distribution worldwide, <laughs> you know, staff members. Yeah. Com complete. <laughs> it's really, it's really funny what we received over the years as reply to, uh, to all. I, di I didn't connect it. I should have, but it's, yeah, be careful. Yeah. Actually, if you need to write these, huge to these huge distribution lists in some email systems you can disable the reply to all so that the receiver actually can't use this option i think that's makes a lot of sense so and these are kind of the, the techniques that you need to know if you very often need to send these big distribution email lists ah uh, yeah one other topic regarding kind of the cc list Do, do you see this in, have you seen this before say, that people copy up so that they send an email to you and then they copy your supervisor? Yes, that's quite common in terms, you know, if people instead of, uh, yeah, it's kind of, a, I don't know, if they don't trust you, if they criticize you or whatever, or even, you know, if they praise you, it's they put in, you know, copy in the manager 
auch superweise. Ja. Yeah, so for praise, I think that makes a lot of sense because you want to, you know, know that, you know, your supervisor should know that you have done something well. But for critiquing, I don't think that's a good, good way, good approach. Well, usually, but no, usually not, but not for the first email. But, you know, if there's, for example, if there's no reply, And it's an urgent, you know, action to come or meetings to come and you didn't show up or anything. So I think at some point there's, you know, there, there are, you know, there are ways or this, this could be a way of increasing the importance of, of the email and maybe having the manager involved, uh, the supervisor involved in, in, in the situation and help out. But before you use that option, I would say there are other ways. You know, as we talked earlier, like calling, communicating, you know, asking back, sending a second email. So I think this is one of the last steps you should do. Yeah, 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 absolutely agree. How do you end your emails? Well, I usually say best regards, kind regards with my with my name and then putting in a signature at the end of the email. I think this signature is really important. I very often use that to look into the contact information for lots of people. And actually in lots of settings, it's even required. So, so for example, in Germany, if you send a company email out, it needs to have a certain email signature. So some, some standard text in there that is required by law. So I think it's, And it's also, I think from a, just a branding perspective, it's really important to have these signatures in there. Yeah, I do have several or types of signatures, so shorter and longer ones. And so for, but yeah, I know I agree. It's, it's quite important. What I, but sometimes I think, you know, you receive emails where, where the, you know, the, the, the majority of the, the, the text is signatures from the replies. <laughs> So, and then between the signatures, you have to find the one or two sentences of, of information that you are looking for if you follow the email chain. So there's um, also something, as, you know, especially if they have internal emails going back and forth with yes and no answers. Um, and then, you know, instead of yes and no, you have a signature, which is like half, half a page long. It might be a good reason for not using signatures, but usually, and especially if this is going out of the company external to, you know, to a service provider or to, uh, to the company, or to, this is, this is really important important to have a signature appropriate signature it's it's your signature it's your presentation of yourself and your company so don't uh, miss misuse it yeah completely agree actually by the way there's there's a nice also with signatures you can put these signatures as long as you want and if you have if you need to send certain emails very very often you can actually put complete templates of emails in there. Mm. So let's say you need to send out uh, weekly a certain email to to a specific audience with, you know, some, some standard text that you always just tweak a little bit here and there. Then you can put that completely into your to special signature and then you just pull up the signature and tweak it and mm. off you go. Yeah. So... Nice way to yeah. standardize and and improve the inf uh, efficiency. But the but the signature itself, I think. Well, sometimes I'm, you know, 
I see emails. I don't, this is probably about email providers or email programs is that the, you know, some people, if you, if you reply, the, the answer that you give is on top of the email. But in other cases, the answer is also at the end of the email. And sometimes the, the signature is at the end of the email while the reply is on top of, you know, at the top of the email. Mm. So there are different ways of, of the email programs to, to working with this. So P, uh, and it doesn't make, you know, sometimes it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to have the signature at the end of the emails. So you have like 20 signatures at, at the bottom of your email text. And then on top, you have the, the answer that are going back and forth. So you don't even know who was answering what. So it's tricky. So be careful when you use signatures and the reply or reply all button because, and, and, and just check your email, the, the body of the email to see how, how this looks like to learn from it and, and to understand uh, what the, you know, what, what, what impact the signature or the, uh, the, the position of the signature has in your email. Yeah, I think, but if there's these very, very long email trails, I think something was wrong within the writing of the email sometimes. So that goes back to the, to writing a clear email and, for example, providing clear options. So do you want to go do it this way, this way, or this way? Please decide. Or do we meet here, here, and here? Please be, decide so that you can Keep the answering and re-answering and answering again loop quite, quite short. Yes. And, and one, another important point is to ask only one question. Ah, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is then sometimes really getting confusing. If you have like three, four different topics that you start discussing in one email, it doesn't, doesn't work. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm considering myself not to be, you know, very, let's say dumb <laughs> in general. <laughs> but even I realized that I often forgot to answer the second and third question because I, I was answering to, to an email, sending it out because I finished my, my answer. But then I realized afterwards that there were two more questions in the email. So it's, it's really difficult for the reader. To, to get the, the mind across it. I mean, sometimes they're connected to questions, but sometimes they're really different topics. Don't, don't do that. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in many ways because first of all, you don't reduce your emails because it's just people tend to reply to on the one question, then on the other. So you have different chains of, of, of emails going back and forth. And, and one is discussing with the same subject line, one topic, and the other one is with the same subject line discussing another topic. So it's really, it's one, topic one question and the question should be formulated as simple as possible preferable yes no but also as as you said before giving options saying should we do we have the option to do this 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 what is your preference or should we meet on monday on tuesday on wednesday i can i'm free yeah exactly Com completely agree i think the, the having one topic per email also makes sure that this topic is really addressed And as you said, you know, it's, it's very easy to miss these things, but it's also on the other hand is if you're on the receiving end of such an email, automatically you kind of go to the easiest question first and get that yeah. answered. Yeah, true. And then the, the yes, no question is usually answered. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. 
And and so if you want to have feedback on all the different questions, it's much better to separate them in different emails. And sometimes also these different emails need different distribution lists. Or subject lines. And so so that's mm-hmm. also oh, for sure different subject lines, yeah. And at the end, I think it's a really important to have a clear call to action, what to do, not see things like any thoughts, no. Thoughts on what? Please let me <laughs> thoughts. Okay. This kind of, you know, you surely have something specific in mind that you want to have feedback on, not kind of general thoughts. You know, this is, email is probably not the best way to you do brainstorming. So be as specific as possible in terms of what you actually want. Yeah, I agree. And, and really, if, if you are unsure, make a pause. Reread your email, reread your email even loud so that you, you understand what is, you know, I mean, if you have a room for yourself, please, because your colleagues might be quite irritated. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think that is especially important for these high impact emails. So you probably don't do that for, for every email, but for these high impact emails, it helps to read them out loud because then you really gets the tone of the email much better. Hey, that was nearly 40 minutes on on writing emails. I can't believe it, but I think we had a lot of different good guidance. And and it's a really important topic. So, I mean, it's a daily topic. And so being more effective on using email, I think helps a lot in our life overall. And well, that's why we called it the effective statistician. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening and hope to have you on the, on the call <laughs> next week. See you, Benjamin. Anyway.